Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Hosea 2b, Hosea Perak Bays, the second portion. Today we are going to be studying from verse 16 until the end of Hosea. In the last portion, which was the first half of chapter 2, we read about how God in his prophecy, which was spoken by Hosea, compared the people of Israel to a unfaithful wife. And he beseeched the children, meaning the people of Israel, to beg their mother, meaning the nation, to come back, to go back to be faithful to God, rather than to go after all of the um, idol worship and and straying from the path that God wanted from her. The, um, it also said that because the, the nation was unfaithful, therefore God was going to punish them and the punishments were pretty graphic. We are going to change tune in this half where God says that, yes, there would be punishments. However, God will now go ahead and bring her back, bring that unfaithful wife of his, which is the nation of Israel, back to him. And the way he will do it is remarkable because God says, I will, it, it's the, the language of seduction and the language of, 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 of um, or, or the love and, and lack of love between a husband and a wife and unfaithfulness and so on is the language being used here by Hosea. So God says, Lochain, therefore, I'm starting to read chapter 16. Therefore, I am going to speak to her seductively, speak to her in a nice way to try to attract her, to bring her back to me. And I'm going to bring her out into the wilderness and speak to her heart. God says, the wilderness, the, the commentaries generally assume this means, I am therefore going to take her out into exile, a place where the people aren't going to treat her well and she won't be able to find lovers, so to speak, to uh, run after and chase after. And therefore, I'm going, they're going to start and turn back to me. And from there, from that exile, I'm going to give her her vineyards back. And I, that valley, remember we talked before about the valley of Jezreel where the destruction of the northern kingdom was going to take place which was prophesied earlier, that valley of darkness is going to turn into a opening of hope, a petach tikva, a opening of hope. The onsa shama kimenu and there she shall talk to me again and speak to me again in the same way that she spoke to me in her youth, in the young days when there was love between us. And like that day when she came out of Egypt, when the people left Egypt, in those early days when there was love between God and his people, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again because I'm going to bring her back to me. And how am I going to do that? By sending her to a place where she can't find anyone else to run after. Verse 18, and it will be on that day. says, God, then you will finally call me my husband again. And you will no longer call me Bali. Now these two words, Ishi and Bali, both mean husband. However, Baal is a language that also means ownership. Ishi means my man. 
So when a woman would use the language ish as a reference to her husband, it's a loving term. It's a term saying, as addressing him as someone, there's a bond of love, a bond of, 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 of respect. Whereas Bali, if a woman refers to her husband as Bali, it's like, he's my owner. You know, I'm, I'm subservient to him. I have to listen to what he says. I have, which is not a very loving relationship. It's not a strong relationship. And God says, the people will come back to me not because they think I'm their owner and then they're going to look for everything else, any other excuse to get away, but they're going to look at me, God says, like an ish, like the husband, like the loving husband and the husband that she loves, that she wants to be with. And I'm going to remove those names of the Baalim. Now, this is a double meaning. Baalim here means those idols which were called the Baalim, the Baal, which we are very familiar with from many places in Tanakh. But it also means that language of ownership will be removed from her mouth. She will no longer anymore, be, I will no longer be a burden to them. That, that idea when, oh, it's so hard to, to keep God's words. It's so hard to keep his commandments. That's, those kinds of feelings lead people astray. They lead people to want to find some other path. But those things will be gone. And those, the people, the nation will no longer call me that. They will no longer mention those kinds of terms when they refer to God. It will be only bonds of love. And I will then, on that day, make with them a covenant. And with whom? With the animals of the field, and the birds of the heaven, and all the crawling animals along the ground. This is imagery which we had repeatedly in Isaiah, and I'm, I know I've mentioned several times, and I'm going to continue to point out parallels between the prophecies of Yeshayahu, Isaiah, and Hosea, Hosea. The idea that in the future times, in the times of the Messiah, there will be peace in nature, there will be peace with the natural world, that the animals will find abundance, the fields and the grass and the trees and so on. These imager, the imagery that God says, I will make a covenant with them. I will give them the, 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 the beautiful beauty of the natural world will be restored. And the keshet, the cherev, and bows and swords and war, I will cease from the land, I will break, take it away from the land, no more war. And they, all of them, meaning the entire world, human beings and animals, will be able to rest forever for then on. This is God saying again, that idea that we also found in Shayao, the idea of war being over, beat the swords into plowshares and so on. And those ideas which we, Isaiah Shayao expressed also, Yoshea again expresses that idea here. And what will be then? Again, with using this language of marriage, this language of the bond of love between a husband and wife, the erastichli, I will betroth you le'olam forever. Now the erastich, the you, presumably refers to those whom God was referring to in the previous verse, which is all of the creatures of the world. So God is saying, I will betroth you, I will betroth you forever. The erastichli, and I will betroth you with what? with justice and righteousness, and kindness and mercy. This again reminds us of what we saw in Yeshayahu repeatedly over and over again and throughout many of the prophets which we'll all study together. The bottom line of the future is, the bottom line between God and his world is justice and righteousness. And then added here, kindness and mercy. 
And then what happens? What happens after that? I will betroth you to me in trust. It's often translated as faith. I think Amuna is more accurately translated as trust. There will be trust between us, the Creator and His creation, and you will know God. Again, that same idea which we found in Yeshayahu, the idea that that in the future the world will be full of knowledge. And it will be on that day. And then, um Adonai, I will say, I will answer the world, I will speak to the world, says God. I will answer the heavens. And the heavens will answer the earth. It's peace, peace in nature. And the land will answer with what? With grain, and wine, and oil. And they will answer Israel. Israel was the son who was named after the destruction that was going to happen, but he will then become Yisrael, he will become planted in the land. And I will plant her for me in the land, that child that was named Lo Ruchama, that I no longer have mercy, I will then have mercy on her. I will tell that child who was named Lo Ami, you are no longer my nation, I will then say, you are my nation now. And he will then say to me, Elohai, he is my God. Thank you so much for studying Hosea chapter 2 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 3 in the next podcast.